G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, the only national program focusing on union news, worker stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Stick Together is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation and brought to you on your local community radio station. Early this month, workers at Better Red Than Dead, a bookshop in Newtown, Sydney, had their first EBA ratified at the Fair Work Commission. This groundbreaking agreement has ramifications for other retail workers in Australia. We hear about their struggle and how, with the assistance of RAFU, the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, they achieved their positive result when they began to organise back in late 2020. We follow up with a speech by Dave Noonan, National Secretary of the CFMMU Construction Division, in support of Julian Assange on July the 3rd, Julian Assange's 51st birthday. But first, some union news. <laughs> The Maritime Union of Australia warns that Darwin Port pay cuts have been rejected by the workforce and that industrial action may follow. The MUA writes that with management of Darwin Ports persisting with a series of wage cuts for territory port workers in a new employment agreement, workers who have tried to negotiate in good faith for a fair deal are left with little choice but to engage in industrial action in support of their rights at work. With inflation running rampant and recent Fair Work Commission decisions to award pay rises in the vicinity of 5% this year, the Maritime Union of Australia's Deputy Secretary, Warren Smith, has described the ambition of Darwin Ports to slash wages as lunacy. Corporate profits in Australia surged by 10.2% quarter on quarter in the first half of 2022, easily beating market expectations of a 4% rise. This has occurred as Australian workers have gone backwards and the purchasing power of their wages have diminished. In the face of an attack on the rates of pay for Darwin port workers, the MUA is currently balloting its membership to gather a democratic mandate for industrial action at the port. Darwin Ports has lodged a dispute with the Fair Work Commission to halt the balloting process, an action which the MUA has described as an intimidatory standover tactic. We are in this situation because the belligerence of Darwin Ports management, instead of setting up a fight with their employees over wages, they should work towards a respectful and cooperative relationship with their workers that builds on the massive contribution made by our members during COVID, Mr Smith said. The Australian Council of Trade Unions, the ACTU, calculates that chief executive bonuses hit a new record high last year, averaging $2.31 million in the latest sign that the economic recovery from COVID is not being spread across the Australian economy. While the co-founders of Afterpay took home $264 million last year, wage growth is stalled at 2.4% with inflation tipped to touch 7% before the end of the year. CEOs of Australian top 100 companies now earn about 100 times average adult earnings. The ACTU says working people are taking deep, real pay cuts thanks to a bargaining system which no longer provides fair and consistent wage growth. 
On June the 29th, the New South Wales Nurses and Midwifery Association passed a motion to disregard the Perrottes government's 3% wage deal to call for at least 7%, saying a majority of members voted in favour of this motion because they know that the cost of living pressures will continue to rise and nurses deserve so much better than having their pay packet be slashed in real terms over the next year. Quite frankly, given the last two years, the government owes us 7% and then some. They call us heroes, but dedication and heroism doesn't pay the rapidly rising rent. We know the government is not going to give us this pay rise without a sustained fight back, and so we will need strikes across the health system. In overseas news, UK train drivers are forced to wear adult diapers. Train drivers in the UK were kept in their cabins so long without breaks they had to use incontinence products, the head of ASLEF, the UK's train driver union, said during the parliamentary session this week. Union heads testified that the government and rail firms used the pandemic to change working conditions and that the government has interfered with bargaining negotiations even though ministers have denied doing so. The testimony comes after three days of strikes in June by 40,000 members of the National Union of Rail, Maritime and Transport Workers in a dispute over pay and conditions. The union will hold another 24-hour walkout on July 27. <coughs> Thai union leader arrested after historic wage theft of Whedon. In May, the Thai government ordered a Hong Kong garment manufacturer Clover Group International to pay $8.3 million in unpaid wages to 1,250 Thai workers, a rare win in a country where wage theft is common. Victoria's Secret, which contracted Clover Group to make its lingerie, agreed to fund the settlement through a loan to the Hong Kong-based company. Sia Jampangthong, the president of the textile garment leather workers federation of thailand and four student activists were arrested soon after the court made the ruling he told al shazira the arrest is discrimination from the government to keep labor movements suppressed he faces two years in jail I think this is the first time I've seen the employer paid the full amount of the compensation as ordered by the labor inspector you're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's shown up and demonstrated their allyship. We are literally living proof that solidarity works. That's the voice of Maddie, one of the workers from Rather Red Than Dead. Rather Red Than Dead is an independent bookshop in Newtown, Sydney, where workers have been fighting for an EBA since late 2020. At the beginning of July 2022, the EBA was finally ratified in the Fair Work Commission. The workers' campaign for an EBA was a grassroots organising effort supported by RAFU, the Retail and Fast Food Workers' Union, and the wider community, including other unions, establishing a community fund when workers were locked out, and open letters of support from authors. For the predominantly young workers with little experience of unionism, the process of getting the employers to the negotiating table proved to be a slow process. Stella was one of the people on the negotiating team and she explains how things worked last year to obtain the final EBA that went to the Fair Work Commission for ratification. 
So what I'm talking about tonight is the bargaining process and how that worked, like how that changed once we took industrial action. When we first started meeting, we started to develop a log of claims. And these included things that were central to both RAFWU's campaign for better working conditions for retail workers, but also things that were specific to our workplace. And it was only over the course of our campaign that we really targeted uh, what we were looking for. And that was, we really wanted job security. But yeah, to start off with, we had the RAFRU claims of $25 being living wage. We wanted 12% super and we wanted things specific to the workplace. So we wanted a better um, anti-discrimination policy. We wanted an easier way to report discrimination to Fair Work Commission and have an enshrined um, health and safety officer And we wanted better protections for younger staff. We wanted job security. A lot of retail workers are casuals for years and years and years. And that was true in the case of Better Red Than Dead. A lot of us were casuals for over a year, two years, three years, and being paid at retail level one, even though the duties that we performed, we believe, class us at a much higher level. It's a job that requires a certain level of intellectual rigor and, and we believe that we you know, should fight for an agreement that reflected that. Back in March, we notified Better Red Than Dead that we wanted to um, meet and bargain for an enterprise bargaining agreement. After this, we believed that things would not be too complicated. Um, We would sit down for bargaining relatively soon. We would possibly bargain for a while, if needed, take industrial action and obtain an enterprise bargaining agreement. But unfortunately, it did not go so smoothly. After March, Better Than Dead agreed Um, initially to bargain however then reneged on this and said they wouldn't bargain Um, they they didn't want to agree to that initially but they just felt like they had to um, and therefore they actually don't want to bargain and they don't think that would be a good idea for the business obviously this was super frustrating as we'd had an agreement to bargain and then they reneged but we knew that we could continue on we would just have to you know go to the Fair Work Commission and prove that we had the majority of workplace support. And there was, there was an overwhelming, the overwhelming opinion from the workplace, from both union members and workers who were not members, was that Better Red should meet to bargain with us. And this was reflected in a petition that was submitted to the Fair Work Commission. After this petition that showcased mass support for bargaining within the workplace, and a couple of threats of defamation on the side, sustained pressure from RAFWU. We began bargaining in June, which was, you know, many months after we started this campaign. And when we started our campaign, it marked the start of various attempts of diminishing our campaign. And and when, yeah, so, but we finally got there. So once we finally sat down in June, Emma and I on the bargaining team, it was a long time since we started our journey to obtain this EBA and we were really ready to just like nut it out in this meeting and these meetings were tense, long and really did not result in all that much. A couple of early concessions, such as paid domestic violence leave, but we left without achieving much ground on our claims, especially claims associated with the job security. So conversion to part-time contracts for long-term casuals or casuals after six months, which was our initial claim, a $25 living wage and abolition of junior rates. And it was only after two eventful bargaining meetings that Better Red Than Dead refused to meet anymore and thus halted the process of obtaining an EBA.
So from this period to June to late July, it was highly frustrating for all of us. We knew that we wanted to take action in some way in order to escalate the process of obtaining an EBA and and actually start bargaining again. But because of the state of labour laws in Australia, we were unable to do this. We knew that we had support from the community and we knew that we needed to fight. Um, But we, yeah, we hindered from taking any industrial action until we had obtained a protected action ballot order. Um, Going on strike or, you know, pulling community picket probably would have resulted in a big fine and also like all of us losing our jobs, which is not ideal at all. In July, we did obtain this protected action ballot order, which essentially meant that we could take industrial action without fear of persecution. So we got 100% support for the protected action. So that meant 100% of um, union members at Better Red Than Dead voted to all forms of industrial action. So yeah, this meant that we could take industrial action and we chose to take industrial action. Two weeks ago, we started small, but yeah, we refused to do overtime. We refused to handle cash and we refused to do... Um, any work associated with window displays. This industrial action was a massive deal. Apart from meat workers, we were the first retail workers to take industrial action in 50 years. It was actually really scary. Like, was so scared to tell our non-union co-worker that I couldn't do the window display work um, that she had to do it for me, which was, yeah, really staunch. And even though it was something so small, I'm so appreciative of that. Until you are in these situations yourself, it is so hard to know how you're going to, to act. At the start of last week, we, we implemented a second ban, which was a ban on returns and also a ban on web orders. And it was after this that we were essentially locked out. And this is where our campaign really kicked off. After being locked out on the Monday, we were contacted by Better Red Than Dead to meet for a second round of bargaining on Tuesday, which just goes to show that... After one day of being locked out and the the threat of the loss of work and income and money that the business is going to face because the, you know, withdrawal of our labour was so effective that they had to sit down and bargain with us. And this this bargaining meeting, which went for um, many hours on Tuesday morning, resulted in the agreement that we have now. When the final ratification came through, RAFU described it as the best enterprise agreement in retail and fast food. It includes an option to convert from casual to permanent employment, higher pay, the abolition of junior wages and the restoration of penalty rates. RAFU's secretary, Josh Cullinan, told Green Left Weekly the agreement also includes a full suite of health and safety clauses as well as 20 days paid domestic violence leave. 26 weeks paid paternal leave and a minimum of four weeks consultation over any major changes. Better Red Than Dead worker and RAFU delegate Talia Nelson said she hopes this sets a precedent for workers in other bookstores and retail environments. We are proud of what we have been able to achieve through organisation, direct action and exercising our rights as workers. Workers at a RAFU forum back in July 2021 gave a short response to what their experience of fighting for an EBA has taught them. Probably the kind of the most surprising thing, which is a bit sad, but I, I didn't realise how impactful our like we, we could be and what we could achieve if we kind of we organised and we worked together. 
um, kind of just how impactful industrial action is, just how powerful and, and impactful we are. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, just honestly, just like everyone should join their union. It's truly like we're more powerful when we're all together and it's actually just so important to join your union if you're a worker. Um, I guess it was like for me, obviously the same, but um, the solidarity that we had in our workplace but also that it was magnified and maximized like across the nation, like the union support in this country is bloody excellent. And they all had our back the whole time. And it was like that scene in Billy Elliot where all the like solidarity for us, <laughs> like it was just iconic. And so thank you to all the unions, not just our union. Which- yeah. I wish I could say something else, but like, I just, I just can't like this, this, campaign has just showed me like how good solidarity feels like it literally feels like a drug like seeing like yeah like you know the love I feel for my co-workers and they're just like you know I really literally want nothing but the best for them I want them to have a secure job and seeing that you know that feeling was shared among the supply chain for books you know we had authors I, I hear about people in the publishing industry like talking about us like you know, the, the, yeah, the the support amongst the community from the MUA to the CFMEU to, you know, you know, the May 1 movement to students talking about this campaign going on at a Newtown bookstore. It's just like literally feels incredible. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited to lend support to um, every inch of the um, union movement going forward. You're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. July 3rd was Julian Assange's birthday. The Australian MEAA member, journalist and publisher, is locked in Belmarsh Maximum Security Prison in UK, awaiting possible extradition to the US on espionage charges. Calls for him to be returned to Australia as an Australian citizen was the main message at the rally held in his honour in Melbourne. Dave Noonan, National Secretary of the CFMEU Construction Division, spoke at the rally. Uh, thanks a lot. Um, um, I'd like to um, uh, pay respect to Robbie Port for the uh, welcome to country. I want to uh, pay respect to the traditional owners of the land we meet on today. Their elders past, present, their leaders emerging, always was, always will be Aboriginal land, stolen and never ceded. I also uh, want to um, say that uh, the CFMEU Construction Division, of which I'm the National Secretary, um, has a policy calling on the Australian Government uh, to campaign uh, and pressure for the release of Julian Assange from the unjustified uh, imprisonment which he's been experiencing. And I renew that call publicly here today. We had launched on the people of Iraq an illegal and unjustified war. And it was a war that was supported by the Australian government, by the British government, and initiated by the US. It was a war which breached international law. And we've heard quite a bit lately about illegal invasions of countries in breach of international law. And our union also condemns the invasion of Ukraine by Russia and by Putin because that is, uh, uh, that is a breach of international law. But all of the nations which have lined up to condemn that invasion, including the US, Britain and Australia, participated in exactly the same thing 
when they launched an illegal invasion of Iraq. And like a lot of people, my first real impressions of WikiLeaks were formed by the horrific vision of the collateral damage video where we saw US forces gun down civilians and journalists in cold blood. And that was revealed by WikiLeaks. And from that moment on, and even prior to that, we saw a concerted effort to discredit Assange, to try and change the issue. There was this big debate. We had so-called mainstream journalists trying to define whether Assange was a journalist or not. Well, I'm not an expert on what's a journalist or not, but what he did was reveal the truth of brutality, of illegal killings of civilians and of other journalists. And somehow, we are supposed to believe that the mainstream journalists who tried to define him as not a journalist and therefore subject to the sort of un unprecedented detention and oppression that, that Assange has been su suffering, they want to define him outside the parameters of journalism. And you think about who some of those journalists are. The, the editors and journalists of the Murdoch press who almost unanimously called for the launch of an illegal and oppressive war in Iraq. And yet they're not subject to detention with the thousands of lives that were lost. We've seen Howard and of course Bush and Blair clearly defined as having acted illegally on a mass scale resulting in tens of thousands of deaths of Iraqis, of civilians, and indeed of their own military who were sent there to fight an illegal and unjustified war. And yet, they walk free. They walk free today. They got parliamentary pensions. They've got a lifetime of comfort. And I don't know Julian Assange. Don't know him personally. He may be a good person. He may be a slightly good person. I don't think he's an evil person. Most of us fall somewhere in between that spectrum. And yet, when you look at it, of all of the people that are being prosecuted out of those events, there's no doubt that collateral damage was the key thing which put the target on Assange. When you look at that and you say all of that weight, all of that repression, all of that imprisonment, all of that fear comes down on one person. And that is a grave injustice and what one which our union has resolved to oppose and I would call on all trade unions to oppose uh, the continued detention of Assange. It's an issue of principle. We have, in this country, a concerted attack on democratic rights. We've seen our own union and the trade union movement has seen the use of royal commissions and quasi-police forces with coercive powers and actual police forces in an order to use in a political sense, not to combat crime, but to try and combat union organisation in this country. And that's been largely ignored by the mainstream media as well. But it pales into insignificance when you look at the circumstances of a person being held in Belmarsh Prison, one of the most brutal and high security prisons in the UK. When you look at the circumstance of uh, a British government which is prepared to sign off on his extradition, 
and you ask yourself, is there a functional system of law and democracy in the United States today? Look at the conduct of the US Supreme Court that we've seen over the last uh, few months and the attack on the rights of ordinary Americans, American women, you know, the right to the, the attack on gun laws. And this is the ultimate body which we're going to remit Assange to be judged by if it goes through the US court system. Who could have confidence that a court that's controlled by a cabal appointed by Donald Trump can provide justice to this Australian citizen? It's gone on long enough. Enough is enough. It's enough is enough. Let's get Assange back. Let's free Assange. We need to build this movement. We need more people here. We should have 10 times this number here today. And we need to make the call loud. Let's get him back. If, there, if you have any rights as an Australian citizen, the kind of whispering of, you know, uh, diplomatic assistance and consular assistance, they're weasel words. A clear clarion call needs to come for the release of Assange, for justice and for an end to one of the most disgraceful persecutions we've ever seen of an Australian citizen. Thank you very much. That's it from Stick Together this week. You can catch up with the show at 3cr.org.au or where you get your favourite podcasts. Contact us at sticktogether at 3cr.org.au. I'm Annie McLaughlin. Join the Stick Together team next week for more workers' news. And remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. Stay safe and stick together. Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field From a cold steel rail A smile from a veil
say 